0: Hey, 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 you know, this is the Mighty Sparrow, the bird with the word, Calypso King of the World, and you are listening to...
1: Tueisi? Tueisi? Oh, are you here? Ha, 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 a thing like that. Well, you're tuning in to the Paul Leslie Hour. Thanks for being here. It is with great honor. We present an interview with the unrivaled Calypso King king of the world, the mighty Sparrow. From his beginnings in Grand Roy, Grenada, I'm sorry, Grand Roy, Grenada, he migrated to Trinidad at one year old. It's been said about the mighty Sparrow that he rightfully wears the Calypso crown, having defeated every single challenger to his throne. The Mighty Sparrow has recorded over 70 albums and performed all over North and South America, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and Africa. His story and music are both mesmerizing. Join us as we present this interview from the archives with... The Mighty Sparrow, the bird with the word, the supreme serenader. And while we're introducing this monumental calypsonian, the Mighty Sparrow, we'd also like to humbly invite you, gentle listener, to subscribe to Paul Leslie's YouTube channel. And don't forget to, ding, ding, ring that bell. Oh yeah, and maybe you'll like the Paul Leslie hour on Facebook too. We'd love to hear from you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is with extreme pleasure and excited reverence that we begin this grand episode. It's time. It's time.
0: What was your latest album? The latest album is called Redemption. <laughs> That's dealing with the um, stories of the Bible. Nebuchadnezzar was a king of Babylon. Woe be him. Must have been crazy for the way he was carrying on. Oh, what an awful king. Took a lot of gold and built an idol towering in the sky. And told everyone, you got to worship this idol, otherwise you'll surely die. He was a wicked little king. In an evil regime. He thought he was supreme, but all he did was blaspheme. Never ever get the Lord to chew you with anger. You'll slide on a slippery slope. Maybe you with his megalomania. learned the hard way he couldn't go. Wicked, isn't he? Wow, that's some incredible lines. Well, that's me when I'm ready, you know. Sometimes you get the inspiration. And it's not party, party, party. Something, you know, you want to get a feeling to do it, and you do it.
2: Well, let's begin our interview here on May 4th, 2008. This is Paul Leslie of Time After Island Time, and we are pleased to present our exclusive interview with Dr. Slinger Francisco known affectionately to some as the Verde, ranked to the number one Calypsoian of the 20th century, the current king, the Calypso king of the world, best known as the mighty, mighty Sparrow. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Most stories are best from the beginning. So tell us, where were you born?
0: I was born in a little fishing village called Granroy in Grenada. Now you have know how to spell that, otherwise it makes no sense. Grand Roy. She had one time, the French controlled Grenada many, many moons ago, and that's where the name came from. G-R-A-N-R-O. For the British. The British didn't particularly like that, so they spelled it G-R-A-N-D-R-O-Y. And they nothing like a Grand Roy. But in French, it it means great king. Somebody knows that a great king was going to be born there one day. (laughs) (laughs) At eight months old, my family migrated to Trinidad and Tobago. And that was it for me. You know, like some people would tell me, well, you were were born in Grenada. Of course I was born in Grenada. I'm proud of that. How do you know I was born in Grenada? I told you, I am at the highest. I couldn't tell my mother and my father where to give birth to me. And then when they decide to migrate, like how most of the other people migrate to America for a better life, for education, housing, I was in no position to tell them anything. So what does a child do? And everything I know, good, bad, and indifferent, Including my honorary doctorate degrees in Trinidad. The second highest honor, the Chaconia Gold, Trinidad, Tobago. King of Kings, the bird with the world, His <laughs> Excellency the Honorable Dr. Slinger Francis, for Trinidad and Grenada. What can I tell you man, if you oh. want to be mad at me, for, for something, be mad at me for being an American. <laughs> That's what I did.
2: Well, tell us about your life. What was your life like growing up?
0: Family was poor, and I don't mean P-O-O-R. I'm talking about P-O. Family was always there for me. My mother was one of the quick thinkers. Father, nice guy, good thing. Had roots in Venezuela. That's so where I get the name Francisco from. But he was so kind hearted that he would work for people, and it was, it was when they didn't, they couldn't pay him, he would come home with nothing. And then he'd get into an argument with her. Well, they didn't have no money. What do you want me to do? She said, Well, you ain't got either. So she would make sure that she would always have a little something there a hidden where the old people would hide the money, and so we would get dinner or get some something, to you know, that type of thing. And then we had a lot of friends and other families who would have help here and there. But she wanted to be independent. When you work, you get paid, and she used to work for the white people, taking care of their kids and cooking for them and doing everything just to get a few shillings at the end of the day, end of the week. Rather, so that I can get some good treatment, you know, to go to school, see my clothes is was all washed and clean and fresh. In them days, with a short khaki pants, <laughs> and everything was all right, you know. Just that, you know, we didn't have the, the important things all the time, but the love was there. You know, and some people would tell, you know, I grew up with my aunt, I grew up with my grandmother, I grew up with my cousin and that type of thing. I think I have a little head there saying I grew up with my mother and my father. Moving
2: on to the music, when did you first become aware of Calypso music?
0: Second place.
2: When did you become aware of Calypso music?
0: Calypso is all around me. I like you know, rap or rap music or rock and roll, if you wish, around the average American youngster. Everywhere you turn, you hear some kind of, some, boom, choo, tap, choo, that music, <laughs> and it all depends on which one you like, and you get into it, and then you get a chance to show your friends what you learn and, and that type of thing. And there were so many great Californians around, They weren't in Trinidad at the time. Most of them had migrated to the United States and England. So after a while, I became like a youngster, but with a good opportunity. The big stars weren't there presently to knock me off. Knock me off my feet. But they would send records. For instance, like Lord Kitchener, he was one of the greatest ever. He would send Records down and whether well, he sent it down personally or his record company sent it, it came down. It used to be big hits and, and win road march. And well, ever since I came on the scene professionally in 1950, 55, I hadn't won a road march until I went back and brought him from England to Harry Belafonte. Well, let was the to Harry Belafonte because of Harry Belafonte. It's a long story. See, there was always a two-sum in entertainment. And, one, and, and and you know, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, Ozzy and Harriet and Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. and it was always a, a, a two-sum. Uh, what happened to me was Melody and I loved Melody. We became very good friends, even though he was... the Postman to put me and give me real nervous, got me very nervous on the stage. Imagine I get my opportunity to make a post appearance on stage and Lord Melody going to announce me in this way. Ladies and gentlemen, I have this young fellow here in the backstage, always bothering me. He want a chance to sing. Well, tonight is his night. If you like him, clap if you don't, and then he put thumbs down. (laughs) <laughs> hey, 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 God damn. I, <laughs> I want to I want no more chance <laughs> Nervously I went out there And did what I had to do At one time people thought I was dancing Dancing Nervous <laughs> That's right Funnily enough After a while The remarks that they use And that's how I got my name Why don't you stand and sing Like everybody else man You know you keep jumping around the stage like a damn little sparrow. <laughs> it was supposed to, to belittle me. And when I realized what they're trying to do, I know that when you more you try to duck away from it from a name, it's the more it takes you. So I added mighty to it. But they ain't nothing like a mighty sparrow. Just me. <laughs> 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 I wanted to have a name like dump Depth charge or torpedo, just like some of these other fellas, you know, they had lion and tiger and growl, the killer, the execute, the viper, even the lord kitchener was named after, you know, some great warlord in, in, from England. But that's how it went, you know, to, to show people how powerful you are. By the strength of your name sounding that way, people will, will, will see you in higher esteem. I mean, if, if the lion is going to tell a story, and the sparrow is going to tell the same story. Who are you going to believe more? So when I realize that I'm going to be stuck with Sparrow, Sparrow, humble little bird, not even as good as a hummingbird. He just jumping from branch to branch, from limb to limb. I say, okay, I'll fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Mighty Sparrow. Here comes the mighty power. So much the so way I, I introduced my own self and years, as years, 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 years went on.
2: What is it that you liked about Philipso?
0: Oh, the humor. I liked the, the beat. It was a little slow for me, but I didn't really realize how slow it was until I started, you know, making my um, live appearances and it was natural for me to be a little faster. So that is why I thought it changed the tempo, which a lot of people didn't realize then, except when I was singing, Gina and Dinah, Rosita and Clementine, which was this is nothing compared to uh, what what's happening now. But they tell me I was singing too fast. People won't understand what I'm saying. And three years later, 1961, I give them one called, 10 to 1 is murder. That was really fast. But by today's standard, it's mediocre. 10 to 1 is murder. 10 to 1 is murder. 10 to 1 is murder. That was an incident that took place, and that was my side of the story. Hmm. (laughs) I was my own lawyer. (laughs) Very good. Look today, my 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 last daughter is a lawyer. is a is a vegan lawyer. She just passed the bar, and she 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 graduated from my, the Saint John's University, and she passed the bar right here in New York. And now she's working on a big firm. She's a lawyer, but I was a lawyer before her. So anytime she she tried to to pick on me, I said, "Girl, let me tell you something." Because she picked on me and one time. You know, I when I threw a graduation party for her, cost me over six thousand dollars. And I was just showing off, you know, she came in between me and my boys, and so she said, listen, let me tell you something, Dad, you got to change your ways. I said, change my ways? What do you mean, Dad? She said, I won't be able to defend you. I said, oh? I said, why not? You said, I'll be on the prosecutor's side. I looked at her, and everybody was laughing at me. So I said to her, girl, let me tell you something. Half drunk, eh? Let me tell you something. You see that brain you got there? I only loan it to you. <laughs> so don't think you're smarter than me. He <laughs> almost fell off. <laughs> Everybody cracked up. That man, she could think on his feet whether he's so very drunk.
2: <laughs> a minute ago, you were singing a line from Meat and Dinah. Yeah. And the Calyptonian Gabby. You once said that your 1956 song, Nina Dina, is the Calypso masterpiece. Nina so, But tell us about that song. You
0: see, there was a military base in yeah. Trinidad. The soldiers and the sailors, the marines and all the different people who they had, and it was very specific to have a military base in different places, you know, like I suppose in Guam and Hawaii and and all over because, it's, you know, it's good for security. When the planes used to pass over here at night, there be this big flashlight shining through the clouds to identify who And as I am son youngster, i seen all this kind of thing. And me and all the American personnel down there, whenever we meet them, you know, we all, we all like them. Hi, Joe. How you doing? Everybody was Joe. Hi, Joe. What's up, man? We never even went down to the military base, but we talking Yankee. Hi, Joe. Everything all right. yes, yeah, man. <laughs> but you see, the Americans used to control all the nightlife. And then now I started reaching my my peak. I started getting a little bit, I don't want to say angry, but jealous. I mean, you know, you got everything, man. Why don't you leave this one for me? You know, girls that you know, you know, you all went to school together. Sometime, you know, in a mixed school or something, they went to a their school, but you were nearby, you knew them. And then all of a sudden, Americans got married to this one, took this one away, got this one pregnant. And anyway, in the long run, those in the club, where we used to go hang out and sing, would we'll tell you every once in a while, I ain't got no time time with you, you know, because I got my Yankee man and me ain't got no time with you, so you better go away." way. Well, we could do nothing. All we could do is Joe is my boy, man, but Joe is taking everything away. You know, what's going on? Up comes Mr. Eric Williams, Dr. Eric Williams, the first prime minister of that In those days, he was not the prime minister. He was just the, the first, how do you call it again, the premier. Before we got independence, long before we got independence. And he was trying to point out Some of the things that went on with the occupation of the the military base in Trinidad. Some of the best lands you could think about with all the wonderful beaches and if and case and when Trinidad wants to develop, eventually they will have to go to that part of the world to become, you know, like the French Riviera. So he tried to get them to leave because it was not legal. What they did, you're going to, you can't occupy a country like that. That's what he said. Now, we didn't know the difference between occupation and, and terrorism or any kind of ism, <laughs> whatever it may have. So, he pointed out to him, put to them. And at that time, they realized that he was right, that he was a brilliant mind. In addition to that, According to them, that was not all that strategically important anymore at that time. So they decided they're going to leave. So here comes Joe, my boy Joe, leaving just around that time. I had made a song. That same song was not supposed to be a regular Calypso. It was supposed to be an advertisement for us. Oh, you know, there were other Californians singing about different things, including it's same Lord Melody. He had a song singing about Glamour Gill, Lingerie. Lingerie, or oh, you want to pronounce it. Darling, I am going out shopping. How you want me to bring you this morning? I want you to make it clear. And he had a deep voice, you know. I want you to make it clear. A whole box of dainty underwear. And things like that. Now, I'm looking around. And this big store in Trinidad, one of the biggest, and they were making money hand over foot. I didn't know where he was going on. I had no training in that. First of all, you should realize I have never attended the high incubators of knowledge and wisdom, so I ain't got them kind of brains. But just talent was there, and I made a song with Gina Dinah, Rosita and Clementina came to me one morning after they complete their shopping. They told me, honey, I never had more luxury, more than when I stopped and went into Salvatore to shop. And Salvatore was the biggest store in the city. So I say, well, why Salvatore advertising all his glamour lingerie and cannings and different little things that these other guys thinking singing about? There's nothing compared to <laughs> So I went to Salvatore with it and let them know, well, you know, I think I got a gem here for you. And there was a fellow named jean Anthony. I don't know if he was French, but it sounded like, you know, his name, G-E-N-Antoni. That's Italian or French, whatever it is. But he was a nice guy, you know, but he would tell me every time I tell him what I have done and things. Sometimes he, he would say, come back. Not sometimes. Every time I go, he said to me, come back, come back. I don't have the time now, but I'll talk to you later. Come back next week. After about six weeks of going back, the man got tired of me. I was too persistent. Annoying him. So eventually he took me to the cashier and told the cashier, "Give him two dollars. He says he had some nice song there for us, but we're not interested. Give him $2 for his time. Thank you very much. Watching this guy, Shinbethed Man, he hear this song. He What's going on? He ain't even interested in the song. It's like you telling Texaco and Shell and Texan that you got a song or whatever. They don't, you know, it's, it ain't no big deal to them. They, you know, they got things going
2: You've mentioned a couple of the, the calypsonian that you admire, like the Lord Kitchener. When you were growing up, who did you consider to be the great calypsonians?
0: There were so many of them. Lion, I think Lion, Tiger, Roller. Lord Kitchener, I was a fan of by hearing his songs. I didn't know him. He started in 1946 in China. He sang in 1946, 1947, and 1948 he left. England and he never came back, not even for a holiday. I was like, you know, he was to me, it's like, oh, uh, Nat King Cole of oh, Frank Sinatra, or which is incidentally, I came to, to, I was able to meet them, you know, later on in the in, in staircase, and I had the opportunity to sing for Nat King Cole. And once people asked me, What's your claim to fame? I said, I sang for Nat King Cole. Mm-hmm. What did you sing? darlings there
2: was them book
0: what to you you know i'm trying to sing his song like him for him <laughs>
2: you were pretty convincing i have to say you
0: he looked at me said man you, you you're right you're right you know we sort of hit it off but and as i was grew older and you know and, and started coming up to the United States and and we said, you have the 8-1 visa in the 10 days, I think. I got to meet Sam Cook and Jackie Wilson and we used to be performing on the same stage. Not that we were uh, so friends. I mean, you know, I'm just glad to be there with them. But those two in particular, I was, we were friends with, with, with Brooke Benton later on. And he said, whenever he came to Trinidad, he would come to my house. And I remember the first time he came down to my house. I was so happy to drive him from the, the airport to, down to my house. I was going so fast and I'm driving on the wrong side of the road. He was nervous. He was, what, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he thinks I'm driving on the wrong side, but our side is, your, is, is his wrong side. So when he see another car coming, he would hide his head. You goddamn! You <laughs> remind me of Barack when I first met Barack, you know. He was just so warm.
2: My now come here, boy. What
0: you doing? Goddamn! And I made a song for Barack, so I I gave it to him. Anyway, to come back to these other the again. The um, Lord Kitchener was. Like I was telling you, you know, the story seemed to be going to Henry. there. It. it was a 2 thumb. And when Harry Belafonte sang my song, "Gina and Dinah, I was happy because I know, know I'm going to get some money at least. Like the guy who made rum and Coca-Cola, Lord and Vader. he his song was sung by the Andrews sisters and they made money and he eventually got a lot of money and so we say, well, it's no big problem. You know, when an American star sings your song, you won't get some money. it. Anyway, to cut a long story short, me and Melody, who had teamed up, the same guy who messed me up the first time, putting me on stage. Years passed. We became very close friends. We traveled to Guyana, Grenada, St. Lucia, Martinique, Guadeloupe, all over the Caribbean. And eventually, we came up to the States to meet Harry Belafonte and to get that kind of money that we were looking for. Well, anyway, we didn't get that amount of money. We got a little something, because Harry was all right. But Melody wanted to be one of the hangers-on with Harry Belafonte. And what I wanted, Harry Belafonte, was to introduce me to a few people, so, you know, to open some doors for me. Eventually, he introduced me to Dorothy Kilgallen and a fellow named Dick Olmar. Used to run the left bank of the nightclub restaurant right near to the Madison Square Garden. when I started doing some work there. Singing with my guitar going around, you know, about the lady sitting on the chair. Oh, you look like the daughter of a millionaire. Don't think I'm rude, but I I wish you would give me some of your food. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're not as stupid as that, you know, but you know, you would, you would say things like that. We kept on, you know, it's time I finished, it's time for Carnival, we run back to Trinidad. Well, one year I, I wasn't ready to go down to Trinidad that I and I wanted to, to have myself more entrenched in, in what's happening over here. Miss Carnival that year, I think that was 1957. Boy, and these people down there in Trinidad almost killed me. And I had to make a song, Barrow come back home. They used to heckle me, heckle me very, very bad, here in Trinidad. Until I take a trip to the USA, just to get out of the way. Mama, every day the mailman coming. So many letters he bring in Before he walk out the hall, I get a overseas call. Hey, Sparrow, back home. Don't leave we alone. Sparrow, come back home. If you hear the cry, Farroh, come back home. You never miss the water in the well run track. <laughs> anyway, when I reached back now in the same song, the same people who were so in the song saying to come back home and they miss me and, oh man, come on, What's if you, you can't do that to us. The song ended up with them watching at me and saying, look at him. Look the hog. Get did Bung, to come back, you dirty dog. after all these letters and all these phone calls that I said in the song. So it was a lot of humor and different things for me. And I was telling you about the the military pace and and when uh, Dr. Williams objected to the occupation of the island and them doing anything they wanted. And I had Jean and Diana at the same time fighting them on one hand. Then I'm getting to hear the story about the military base is not legal and lawfully occupied. So I made another song. Long, long ago, we didn't even know, not even my trip. You you hear the tempo? That's the kind of tempo that used to go on. Long, long ago, we didn't even know, not even my trip. Nobody said, Sagaramas was exchanged for a few old battleships. So when we went after Yankees to move, they really didn't care. They refused to go. They said the place is there for at least 99 years. But when we asked the chief minister, he said, no, it isn't even registered. It's not sealed, not stamped. Somebody is a big, big scamp. If they go remain, let it take the Karony Swamp. Now, the Karony Swamp is supposed to be a place that he did not hold in high esteem. You know? And it, it, well, of course, it was a messy place. Not like the Chagoramas Bay or the Chagoramas area. That was one of the best parts of the island. Anyway, he he eventually ran for election and he won by one seat. And I was now in 1956. So I thought I associated myself with him because I won in 1956 the crown. I became the the king. And he won in 56 also. But when the argument breaks out, I used to tell them and his supporters, let me tell you something. I won before him, you know. I won in February. He won in September. That's when they had the election. So I was king in February. So don't be talking to me like that. You know, I was king before him. <laughs> Still again making fun. And I suppose that's how I am, you know, I talk a lot of foolishness and thing, and make people dance and that type of thing. But sometimes again, I put myself in trouble. <laughs> I found myself in some deep, deep nonsense with one of the, 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 the government of the day some years later on. I sang a song that they didn't like. And they audited me.
2: What, what was that song?
0: It's called Prophet of Gloom and Doom. If you happen to see and know when politics going wrong, with facts and figures prepared to show, it's better to bite your tongue to so them political boss who the people trust and get double-crossed. You're an obstacle to be removed at any cost. A social conscience is really very dangerous to your health. The awesome strength of the powers that be most certainly will be felt to tell them that their priorities and performance is on the par. It's poetic to hear them describe to you who you are. First they call you megalomaniac. A power seeker, a crazy or a crap troublemaker, and if you dare tell them the economy is no longer in full bloom, then you become a prophet of gloom and doom. <laughs> you are quite a bard. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, they looked at me and said, Oh, so you want to you, you you think you have all the answers? And I learned the hard way. They took over three hundred and eighty seven thousand dollars from me. Whoa. I, had to, luckily I had property, I had to sell this one and sell that and get a cash and get a loan and and ever since then my auditor, my certified public accountant and different people, you know, to, to handle that sort of thing for me. Because you know, in the old days you were entertainer man, you know, like you're talking about Bo Deely and, and and Mom Maybe we worked this week, we didn't work the month before we but we got some who the hell is keeping books? And they know that. So they took advantage of me. And sons of, but whatever it is. Maybe they taught me to to be more astute and aware of the fact that you can't just continue to be picking on people who you know who got the power. Tell them in the long, questionable deal made it hate continue to grow and grow. Latent refusals have replaced the people's right to know. <laughs> anyway, that that was a long time ago. I think that was nineteen eighty seven, eighty eighty eight.
2: When someone hears one of your albums or they see you perform,
0: they see you sing.
2: What do you hope it is that people get out of that experience?
0: Whatever the song says, if it's a humorous song, I want to see them laughing, carrying kind On of. if it's a up-tempo, I'm gonna make sure that I do my boogie woogie and on the stage. And you know, it says James Brown to say he's the hardest man in show business, and I adopted something from him. I say I'm the busiest man in <laughs> I'm always busy going someplace—Australia, Japan, Vancouver, back to the Caribbean, all over the United States. Well, the Caribbean people, some of them started getting mad with me. You know what? When you were growing up, you, you 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 used us, you know, you and Melody, and now here you, you ain't got time for us. So now I had to make sure the Caribbean people. When I say no, not right now. By then. I had to make the Caribbean people a, a regular part of what I'm doing. And then, there were several other Californians who we encouraged as time went on, and they have their own stars that don't really need us. You know, like Bolin in Antigua, they have Short Shirt and Swallow and Obstinate and in Barbados. They have Gabby and and just the name of a few in, 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 in the old days. Even have they have good female singers, Rihanna and all of them.
2: Well, what about those those newer calypsonians? Who of those do you think are really carrying on the tradition well?
0: Well, what has happened is that money started playing a serious part in the development and the projection of the platform. So the music is no longer humorous. Political, as it used to be, is more party, party music, and the young ones who were involved, the biggest one, I think, would be Marshall Montano. There are several others, but the first name came to mind, and he was always one of our favorites, you know. Kitchener and myself sort of lifted him up, and we have a picture. (laughs) When he was young, wearing pampers, Hmm. (laughs) singing... Well, of course, he was a, he was a bigger guy, but, but being that age, he looked like the kind that will fit in pampers. And he was you know, in a big body and that kind of thing, you know. So, but he was thinking following the footsteps of his teacher. And he won that, yeah, the, 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 the junior, you know, junior king. There were several other Californians around. They, they are good ones now, and there are lots of female singers. In the old days, you had the whole white, you had Lady Irie, and then came a superstar, Calypso Rose. She knocked everybody off, to defeat, even some of the men. I'm one of the guys that she can't say she beat. And <laughs> a way, she beat me and knocked out six. Home run. That Rose don't mess with the king. <laughs>
2: She was just on our show last week, and she had to give you a lot of respect. He did. Yes, he did. Yeah. He said he had a lot of respect for the mighty sparrow, and it seems like everyone I've talked to has said, as far as Calypso, you can't be a he's the
0: king. So you are the Calypso king of the world, and they like they like when I introduced myself, you know, and I when 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 the the MC. You know, some in some places he don't know too much about Calypso and what's going on. I say, man, what are you gonna do? I say, Well, you know what? You got two microphones? Okay, I'm gonna stay in the back of the stage and I'm gonna introduce myself. And he I'm just just when he hears me saying the mighty, mighty, he would just walk on the stage and I woke something out for the drummer. Ladies and gentlemen, you see the kind of uh, a voice that we put on?
2: Yeah.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached where the air is rare. Only one Calypstonian have gotten there. Way beyond the realm of anyone's dreams, where royalty reigns supreme, we have found him. Indeed, we have found him. Unrivaled, unbridled, prestigious, and pristine. Now, ever since he captured and conquered the Calypso regime, he has kept it in the highest esteem. And I want to present, ladies and gentlemen, this serenade Supreme, who at the time was marginally 18, but he made a ladies daydream and a young girls scream. <laughs> Please, let's rise as we present majestically, none other than His Excellency, the Honorable Dr. Slinger Francisco, known as the bird with the word in Nigeria. He is known as Chief of Mawali of Ikoyi. This time all the, the is just rolling. <laughs> you understand? Getting more excited like me. So here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the Calypso King of the world, the mighty, mighty Sparrow. Sparrow. That's when the the the, the, the real announcer going on now. Sparrow. Sparrow. And the band stop to kung ding, to ding, to ding, to But these guys, they say, you know, Sparrow, you got to be, you miss your falling you No, know, no, you should be a damn comedian.
2: <laughs> well, I hope you you come down to Georgia, the Atlanta or Athens, Georgia area, because I'd love to see you.
0: In, in action?
2: In action.
0: Oh, man, don't try to keep up with me, because you better be young and strong. People <laughs> you my age, don't worry about it. Sit down and just shake your head. <laughs> Well, thanks a lot. And I am scheduled to be down there sometime. I'm not quite sure because they haven't signed the contract and, and do what they're supposed to do yet, you know, like send a deposit and make an arrangement with the airline tickets and so on. But I suppose we, they, they think we have time. But I only hope that the date is available still when they're ready.
2: How do you pick who gets to announce you on stage?
0: Oh, no, they, 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 um the, 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 the promoters, they would tell me, well, this is the guy who's handling the stage. You tell him what you're going to sing, when you, you know. And But if there's somebody there who I know is of good quality, the, the, the person who can really get on and, you know, get involved. Sometimes you have a guy who is so so laid back. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached where the star is going to shine for you. And please, let's pay attention now. He is the Calypso king of the world, and his name is Slinger Francisco, but his Calypso name is the Mighty Sparrow. So let's put our hands together. The Mighty Sparrow. That kind of laid-back thing here eh, for me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, i Come on now. Are you ready? you ready for the action? Come on. <laughs> Here comes the king, the bird with the word Look at him. Are you ready? Come on, everybody's waiting for you. One, two. So you gotta put some, some hype it up. If you don't want to hype, hype it up. It's up to you. But if you, if you have that, you know, like I say, the the, the, the level of sincerity in your presentation. And you can make the people sit and sing. That can also make me change my first or second song. Because if somebody's coming, you know, representing you for some school children or a church group or something, I would sing something else. Like when I, say, instead of coming out with Jean and Dinah or coming out with the Lizard or Meme or Sandra or someone of them thing, I will come out with like, Tell St. Peter. But to live the, 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 the CD, my latest CD, Redemption. Have I, have I heard it yet? Is yes. that
2: what you're asking? Oh, I haven't heard that
0: album yet. Well, it says, I know deep in my heart I'm going on up, riding in that golden chariot, trumpets sounding the alarm, and angels with the heavenly charm to welcome me on through the pearly gate. As we meet and as we greet, there's joyfulness throughout the street, because in Jesus' name we start to celebrate. So you just tell St. Peter, I'll be there. <laughs> tell St. Peter, I'll be there, with all my sins forgiven, and all my friends up there in heaven, except two. I said, who is it who? I said, Melody and Kitchener. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling you the story about Mel- uh, Melody. You see when I tell you, well, there was always a two-sum. And that two-sum in, in, in the Caribbean was me and Melody. And when we came up for the money thing with Harry Belafonte, we got whatever money we got. And But ha- Melody wanted to stay with Harry Belafonte. He stayed. And I had to go back and, and that type of thing. And that's when I decided, you know what? Kitchener has always been a fan of mine, a, a, a good favorite of mine. And I, he never I never saw him alive, you know, live performing. And I know he's doing good in England. So I went to England when I had the opportunity and brought him back a couple of years later. And since then, Melody stayed with Harry for a while. and Me and Kitchener developed a good relationship. And he started cussing me out and telling me well, he didn't want to sing on the same stage with that green Indian. And we did a few things together, you know. We started the Class of the Giants and all the road march and so on. But when he would win road march, I would win the win in the monarch. You see, so some of the people said, "That I mean, you're too stupid. You could have won the road march too, but you have no right to bring him back." I said, "I didn't care about that. I just wanted him to be there, you know, to continue that two-some." What about and Lou Costello, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Okay.
2: You are the Calypso King of the world, and I know that Harry Belafonte was called the Calypso King, and that was a title that he never approved of, and he never liked to be called that because he'd never considered himself a calypsonian. But I know that on one of your albums, that you, at the live album, you called him a great singer, and you even covered his song, the the signature song, Jamaica Farewell.
0: Yeah, yeah Harry is all right. You know, listen, I, I, I wouldn't hide it if I thought that he was good, just like how I thought Nat King Cole, Frank Sinatra, you should hear me sing Frank Sinatra's song. My way. Man, you would think Frank Sinatra was singing my way.
2: (laughs) Well, Well, one of my favorite songs of yours is the song Mama, This Is Mass.
0: That's Kitchener.
2: That's your, that's a Kitchener song?
0: Mama, this is mass. This is mass of class. In the band. We'd we'll be hugging up the man. Da da ding. That's Something I can't remember the lyrics now. Just
2: you over. never performed it. No. No. Okay. I was listening to that compilation album, and they where you and Kitchener switch. Yeah. Songs. And they a lot of the a lot of them they blend so well together. So maybe that's where I got my confusion.
0: But he was he was very very good. And um I was the one who sort of gave the, 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 the steel band's men a voice in, in, in Calypso from the, the higher echelons in the society. He would sing songs that would be for the fan and make the, you know, especially for the pan. But no, my, my approach to it was to get the, the hierarchy on the oligarchs of the society to pay attention to the contribution that the steel band has made. And I came up with one of the classics called from the university. A steel ban man, historian, Mr. Politic. Tell me when you're going to write the history upon you taking steel ban for granted, stating it always will be wrong. But when, how it all started, you make no mention. Documentation can't be found and with the same steel band beat, try the NCC or the university and tell me if you see any steel band history for posterity. Pum, pum, pom. If the steel band must grow, the children must know the trials and tribulations of long ago. Come on! <laughs>
2: to you. In your opinion, what makes a calypso song a calypso
0: song? Well no, it is from the Caribbean, especially Trinidad and Tobago. Well I mean I mean they come up with all kinda of parang and different things, but definitely calypso. Most decidedly.
2: Well when you're down there in the
0: Caribbean,
2: other than when you're singing and performing and doing these Calypso shows, what is it that you like to do down there? When when you're not working.
0: Not working? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hang out with my grandchildren and my kids, and some of them are taller than me. <laughs> but my grandkids are the ones who, who, who rule the roof now. In The days when the lands were to, was, was cheap, I bought some lands, a couple of acres down there in Digo Martin, and people would ask me from time to time, what about that place you had down there? Still have it? I said, no. oh the bank took it away from you. I said, no. I said, well, what do you mean? But you just told me you didn't have it. I said, well, I don't have it. I said, well, who have it? I said, my children and my grandchildren. <laughs> 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 I always try to make a joke of many things, you know. And to me, it makes sense.
2: You recently returned from the Virgin Islands where you were performing, and I know that you travel around a lot. What is your favorite country to perform in?
0: Favorite country? will will have to be the country that give me more work and put more money in my pocket and that, where I am right here, the USA. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are many other places that do well and people love you and that kind of thing, but you don't make the kind of money that you make in, in the United States. So, in answer directly to your question, the U.S. cafe.
2: Kind of going along the international line, there's a lot of great places to eat in the world. And... This may sound like a strange question, but I really want to know the answer. (laughs) I really like eating international cuisine. Just the other day, I was eating some curry from a place in Athens, Georgia. If you ever play in Athens, Georgia, you'll have to eat at this restaurant called Kelly's. I really like Caribbean food, so I was wondering, what is your all-time favorite meal?
0: I'm a fifth man. My father grew me up on fifth. I told you he was poor. He couldn't afford all the chicken and the and the pork, and the neighbors would be chewing and cooking on the weekend, man. Sometimes I used to get kind of mad. All my friends, they eat, they, I could smell the food. <laughs> and sometimes i hung hang out with them, you know, until they get to realize what I was doing. So some of them, there was one guy in particular, said, boom, boom. I said, I mean, go home. You see, you're waiting for his food. Because, you know, lunchtime, his mother would always come over and say, Would you like to have something to eat with us? Yes. Okay, I will tell your mother that you're here. And then I go and I eat my food. you know, And this is not the kind of food that I normally would get in my house. My father would make sure that I get some fresh fish every day. I didn't know the value of fish. But I must have ate too much. I got tired of it, so when I got an opportunity to eat something else from the neighbor's tree, they used to pick on me in that kind of way. Sometimes you end up with a few fistic <laughs> back. But all in all, fish. And, and, and after having gotten to know the the, the value of good fresh fish, man, you can't stop me from eating fish. Fish in the morning, fish in the evening. Every once in a while, you know, we eat some chicken, but... And then again, as soon as I start eating it, I realize that, you know, this is not really what is good for you.
2: Yeah, fish is certainly the, the healthiest. Is there a song of yours that is a favorite?
0: Favorite? What do you mean? I got so many favorites. The architect of Economic Slavery. Have you heard that one? I have not. When does someone really become a good citizen? I'd like to know for sure. Why, when the ordinary man disagrees with the establishment, they call it treason? And why should they persecute a brother for seeking black power? Don't they know a blind man could see that this is blatant hypocrisy? The real traitors and them are all high in society. And the government protecting all of them and penalizing you and me and in a million different ways they violate the law. Is this same good no good bastard who oppress the poor? With a false declaration, tax evasion, defrauding customs duty. These good citizens are the architects of economic slavery. You know, one day they got mad at me.
2: You're certainly a very accomplished man. What accomplishment are you most proud of?
0: I would think that I have grown up fast enough and got to the reality of the situation that all is not 100% good with you. You know, you know that, Or how I put it my way is that, hey, you know, your shit and sugar. <laughs> <laughs> So, stop feeling like that. Stop thinking that everybody must worship you and bow down to you, and carry on, and you can stay and do anything you want. And auditing made sort of brought that to re- more to reality than anything else.
2: I wanted to talk a little bit about just for a minute about the movie that you're in called Calypso Dream. Have you seen that film?
0: Not in its entirety. I saw when they were screening it, and then Superior and my friend in LA, they got to own it. Superior is one of the Californians that was there with me when I was singing, you know, singing on each other, improvising. I can't remember the name right now, man. Ever since I've been using this new hair grease here, my mind keeps slipping. You know what I'm saying?
2: The filmmaker, you mean? Yeah. Jeffrey Dunn?
0: Jeffrey. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Nice guy. How is he feeling these days?
2: He's doing okay. I haven't seen the film yet either, but I'm excited to see it. Another one of your great songs is called Obey a Wedding. Tell us about that one.
0: Well, you know, sometimes when a girl finds herself in trouble with a man that she can't control because they're used to controlling men as they want and they can't control me, she decided to go to some one of these voodoo places and give the people my name and whatever little pieces of my clothing she could get, so they could work something on me so that I, I can I not get away from marrying her. So the song is self-explanatory. It's a good song. Thank you, like it. But don't, don't do not find yourself in that situation, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I have one final question. This show is going out all over the world, and since you are the Calypso king of the world, I would like to ask what would you, Dr. Slinger Francisco, the mighty pharaoh what would the mighty pharaoh like to say to the world?
0: Thank you. I thank you, and I propose a talk to you. I drink to your health in the bar room, and I drink to your health in my home. I drink to your health so goddamn much, folks. Now it's time to ruin my own. <laughs> and people have been very 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 kind to me people have been very good and I can't. I am you know I consider myself really blessed I may find myself from time to time you know in a hard position because there are certain things that I didn't quite understand not as well educated as I should have been at the time so things were a little bit difficult but then all of a sudden as soon as the door is closed in my face the good Lord will have a window or a louver or something open, and I can get some fresh air to breathe and a new way of thinking. And one thing I can tell you that I did, all my kids went to college. I feel that's a great achievement. I like that. One is a nurse. One, extra is one is a, is a lawyer. The other one is a scriptwriter with television. Uh, you know, the other one, bought the, the, the boys, he is a photographer with um, Macy's, and the other one is handling his own company down in Trinidad. They're doing, They're all doing good. But the grandkids, man. The grandkids, they're the ones who control me.
2: It's been a pleasure speaking with you, and I thank you very much for giving so generously
0: of your time. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the mighty Sparrow, the Calypso King of the world.
1: We thank you and appreciate you dropping in for the Paul Leslie Hour today. You know, you can help the Paul Leslie Hour in our mission to provide independent media content like this by visiting com slash support. We truly thank you. This is your announcer speaking. Performance of The Entertainer intro song and Corina Corina outro song courtesy of John Premorano. Well, that's it for today. So until next time, be safe and be good.